Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. I'm your host, Bill Krieger, and today my guests are Bethany Weems. She's a senior environmental planner here at Consumers Energy, and Zachary Gillette, a market research manager with Consumers Energy as well. So Bethany and Zachary, if you will introduce yourselves, we'll get the conversation started. All right. Well, uh, hello, Bill and everyone out there. Um, I'm Bethany Weems. I've been working at Consumers Energy for 15 years. I started as a meter reader and I worked at our Trail Street Lab. I moved to the environmental department and I've been here for the past 12 years. I work in the waste minimization and pollution prevention section. I'm responsible for the company waste reduction goal and am the co-lead of the company Green Teams. I'm also the mother of a nine-year-old son named Kyler and a two-year-old daughter, Juniper. So Bethany, it sounds like you're not busy at all. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) All right, um, Zachary, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Zachary Gillette, a market research manager here at Consumers Energy. Been at Consumers Energy full-time for 10 years now. I had two summer internships before then. I am actually a Jackson native. Um, Grew up here, um, went to Jackson College, uh, transferred to Central Michigan. Uh, Yeah, a little bit about me. I've got, hey, I'm a cat dad. I own two cats Um, in my spare time, just like being outdoors in nature, you know, kayaking, hiking. Um, Bought a bunch of seeds this year to start up a garden at home and actually ordered some chickens to have some backyard chickens to see how that goes. And of course, as we'll probably talk later on, beekeeping is an interest of mine too. So, um, yeah, a lot going on. All right, so we'll keep that beekeeping in mind because we are going to talk about that. Yeah, so we're, you know, today we're going to talk about some of the things we're doing around green energy and so on here at Consumers Energy. But before we get too deep into that, I kind of wanted to get a feel for how you developed your passion around this because you, there's a lot of activities going on coming up that we will be talking about. And, uh, you know, you two are kind of on the leading edge of that. So I want to talk about where that passion comes from. So, Bethany, I know in your title it, you have environmentalist in there. So um, I know there must have been something uh, that, that that attracted you to that position. So where did your uh, passion around the environment come from? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I've been passionate about helping the planet for a lot of reasons. First, you know, I've always wanted to make a difference in the world. Uh, I have a long history of enjoying time outdoors. I used to go hiking in the woods for hours as a kid. I've been a camp counselor at the YMCA, uh, built trails in Colorado wilderness as part of the Rocky Mountain Youth Corps. And I lived uh, in the Philippines and and now I'm reducing waste at a large corporation. Um, So enjoying and helping the planet has been something that is not something, uh, not only something that I like to do, but something that is becoming more and more necessary. It sounds like with your background, you do spend, or you have spent a lot of time outdoors. So you definitely want to continue to enjoy that. Zachary, what about you? Now you're a market research manager and I don't tie that together with uh, with the environment. So can you talk talk through us a little bit about uh, what, what brought your passion here? Yeah, absolutely. Um... I don't know if they're quite as correlated as with Bethany's position or not, but uh, um, I mean, just growing up, you know, I'd, I'd use, you know, some, some spaghetti sauce in a glass jar and I'd 
throw it away and i just thought well that's kind of a waste that's a thick glass jar that's now just in the trash used once i mean it seems like something could be a little better there and just kind of thought yeah recycling maybe works you know just look at all the waste that's out there um you know i like to enjoy the environment too i've done in you know different groups in college and whatnot have done some highway cleanups and just seen all the mess out there it's like man just driving now especially with all the snow melting you kind of see the trash out there it's like man this would look a lot nicer if it was a little cleaner and I, I try to be sustainable at my house, and these groups are basically trying to make consumers' energy run more sustainably. So um, that's kind of just the passion got involved there, and i um, just been active with different projects going on. So it's it, you know when you talk about the glass jar, it really brings me back to when I was a kid. So I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, and I remember a time where we didn't have returnable bottles, and you would drive down any highway or road, and there would just be bottles and cans on the side of the road like it was just unbelievable and you know when we implemented the bottle return policy here in Michigan you really saw a reduction in that sort of waste along the highways you still see trash out there but I was really surprised that uh, it, it did have the desired and intended effect of reducing all of that so I'm, I'm with you on you know, throwing away something that could be reused somehow. So thanks for sharing that, Zachary. And you you both mentioned something, and I want to get back to this, about green teams. And I'm familiar with green teams. I was on one of the original ones in Livonia. And uh, there may be a lot of people out there who don't know what a green team is. So could you kind of talk us through where these green teams came from and how they got to where they're at and what they're doing today? Yeah, sure. So, um it's funny you mentioned that, Bill, about the uh, bottle return, because, you know, I, I think back to my roots of maybe what started all of this. Uh, my first job was taking the bottles back, and I was talking with Zach earlier today about this. I would, you know, walk through downtown Jack, uh, downtown Leslie with a big bag of bottles and a garbage bag, and I'd return those, and that was uh, my first foray into recycling, um, and I think that's the way a lot of people, especially in Michigan, got into kind of thinking about things in that way, um, and so anyway, when I, uh, when, I, when I was in the environmental department with uh, my coworker Jessica Spagnolo, who's now the sustainability director, uh, in 2015, we started thinking about how we could change the culture at consumers and improve it so that we'd have more of a environmental focus. And we needed really a grassroots effort to uh, empower the employees to reduce the company's impact on you know, air, waste, water, land. And that really grew. Now we have 13 teams across Michigan. All, all employees are open, welcome to join a green team. And if you want to start one or be a part of one, you, know, you can reach out to me. Um, and these teams put together volunteer events statewide, uh, which in the past has been, you know, park cleanups, tree and flower planting, bird and bat house building, uh, street cleanups and social events even. Um, and so really, you know, at consumers, we don't just celebrate Earth Day. We've dedicated a whole month to celebrating and uh, our biggest event each year with the green teams is usually Earth Month and doing a lot of volunteering. So last year we canceled our Earth Month activities because of COVID. Um, and uh, this year we postponed those events, but in its place, we're hosting our first ever virtual celebration of the environment uh, called GreenCon. 
Okay, so I do want to say something about the uh, about the green teams, though. Now, I heard that the one of the green teams actually built a greenhouse out of plastic bottles. Is that true? Yes, that is true. That the EIRP team, so that the Enhanced Infrastructure Group, they're replacing gas pipeline across the state. They have been very involved with uh, green teams and doing cool projects uh, so that they, they help build a community garden in Saginaw for a school there that the school is unable to maintain it and then built a greenhouse out of discarded water bottles and especially, you know, in the Flint area where there are so many water bottles. Uh, so it was a really cool project that they were able to use all recycled material and create this greenhouse and then donate it to the school that they made a community garden for. So from this great idea that two people had back in 2015 to actually a group building a greenhouse out of discarded water bottles for a school so that they can maintain a garden. That's pretty cool in a, in a six year span of time. Oh yeah, for sure. I, that's one of the things I love most about the green teams is that, you know, I can be environmental. I can do some recycling. I'm not the best at it. I mean, you would think being involved that you would be, but I am so inspired by all of the people on the teams that, you know, they may not, they may not all do the same things, but if one group thinks to make a greenhouse out of water bottles or one group decides to make bat houses, and then, you know, sometimes you think, oh, I just want to give up. I don't want to sort this recycling anymore. But then you hear these people who are still doing stuff and they're doing cool stuff. And then you think, oh, maybe I can, maybe I can start composting or, you know, and I think it really helps having this group to really keep that, that momentum going. Yeah. I could see where they would uh, be able to motivate one another in those times where you may, may not have a, an idea going or whatever. You could see what other people are doing. And, you know, what I get from this, from what you just said is that every little bit matters, whether it's, uh, you know, like at our house, we have a recycling bin in the kitchen and we make sure that we separate our recycling out. Uh, or if it is just picking up trash along the highway or picking up that trash that you see when you're out for your walk during the day, all of those things matter, however large or small that they are. So uh, great to hear that the green teams are doing wonderful things. Now, you did mention GreenCon, which is coming up. So let's talk a little bit about that. Where did GreenCon come from and what does it mean and what are you guys going to do? So GreenCon is really our uh, our reaction to COVID. And, you know, we, we usually have an in-person meeting every year, uh, whether it's within just consumers, green teams, or we invite other uh, companies that have green teams and we get that that inspiration to keep doing things. And since uh, we weren't able to meet in person, we do the next best thing, which is to have a virtual event. And uh, we are able to kind of adapt and even expand it. So now uh, not only is it within, you know, the green teams, but we can offer it to all the employees. And the thought is we have it for a day and a half and there are topics that you can choose from. So if you don't want or you don't have time to have an, a day and a half to sit through all the presentations, you can choose the topics that you're interested in. Uh, so we've got a, a list of uh, presentations that are available on the tw April 27th and 28th. We also have one um, April 15th 
just kind of our appetizer green con event. It's a uh, hiking 101 and that uh, will get everyone wanting to get out store, out, outdoors. Um, but for the, the event on the 27th, we'll have a live presentation and that's gonna feature our CEO, Garrett Rochow and Brandon Hoffmeister doing a fireside chat. We'll have presentations about um, sustainable construction projects from our project managers, the things we're doing here at Consumers. We're gonna talk about invasive species and we'll have uh, environmental experts give us uh, updates on you know, where we're at with our planet goals and what we're doing to achieve those. Uh, we'll also have an executive sustainability panel. We're calling it an, an executive bonfire so people could feel like they can really kind of have a conversation, but that's gonna have J.F. Brossois, Kathy Hendrian, Sri Madipati, and John Broshak. And that will give us uh, some insights from, you know, not just the environmental, but social, financial, and operational perspectives of our company and how that relates to sustainability. Well, and I like that, that you said that because if we think about it, I mean, this is a well-being podcast, right? And many times we think about sustainability as really just impacting maybe the physical pillar, our physical health. If we're not putting uh, stuff in the water, we're not putting stuff in the air, we're not making ourselves sick and so on. But really, uh, sustainability impacts most of the pillars of our personal well-being, whether it is the financial pillar or the social pillar um, or the uh, professional pillar. Um, it impacts all of those as well as emotional and physical. So I, I like that it all ties in together. And the more that I hear about it, the more I understand that uh, this isn't just about recycling a pop bottle. It's really about making a difference for all of us. So it sounds like there's some exciting things going on at GreenCon. Is there a place on iConnect where people can get information on this or should they just contact you? You could do both. There, there was an email sent out on April 1st from Dennis Dobbs to everyone that has the information about GreenCon and uh, the agenda. But you could also go to the Teams channels and type in GreenCon 2021. All the meetings are there, so you can click on presentations of your choice uh, right straight from the team's channel. And this is all kind of new to me, you know, doing a virtual event and setting this all up. So uh, definitely want to encourage people to do it. It is not as tricky, but it is something new. And uh, I think we're all kind of doing this together. So uh, it should be easy to find. If I can do it, anybody could do it, I think. So as part of GreenCon, though, and I know Zachary's been very quiet during this, but his, his time's coming because at GreenCon, we're going to talk about beekeeping. And, you know, I don't know that people know this, but, but bees can be a bellwether for the environment. And they're very important to the environment. But I'm not going to steal Zachary's thunder. I really want him to talk about it. But I want to know, you know, how did you get involved in beekeeping? And, you know, what interested you in it? And then let's talk a bit about how bees impact our environment. So, Zachary. Yeah, well, it's easy to stay quiet and listen to all the good stuff Bethany's sharing about the teams and the green teams and what they do and representing all the speakers coming up. So no problem there. So, um, yeah, with me, um, beekeeping is one of, I'll be presenting. I'm calling it Beekeeping 101 because it's kind of just an introduction of 
hey, have you ever thought about beekeeping? What does it take? What, you know, year one getting into it? What's the, you know, I'll, I'll be covering different things such as how much does it cost? You know, there's, you know, you see honey for sale, you know, how much can I make honey the first year? How much can I make? What's my return on investment? Um, what, how long does it take? I mean, if you're a beekeeper, it's a hobby, you know, it takes time. Um, what is the time commitment for something like this? Um, what do you do as a beekeeper? You know, I, I've seen before I became one, you know, movies, TV shows, wherever it was, someone in a bee suit and they had a smoker and it's like, well, what is it? What do you do? Do you just get honey the entire time or what? So kind of what are the tasks as you are a beekeeper? Um, hey, what do neighbors think when you're a beekeeper? You know, um, just kind of things that I learned um, for beekeeping. I've only been beekeeping for a solid one year now. <laughs> it's it's. You know, it's it's funny. I'll, we've done. I, it was a hobby I, I got into with my girlfriend. Um, I, yeah, I'm someone that at the farmers markets I buy local honey, raw honey. I, I know the health benefits of that. Um, I like candles that are made out of beeswax. I take bee pollen for my allergies, and you know, it's just something like you know, with my whole sustainable recycling lifestyle, kind of seemed you know fitting, and so. Um, I think it was the 2019 Christmas. My girlfriend got me a gift. Um, there's a nonprofit in Detroit called Detroit Hives, and they essentially um, have beehives on vacant lots in Detroit and teach you know the local kids about beekeeping, the health benefits, the nutritional aspect of bees and everything. Um, not just you know how bees are good for the environment and honey itself. And so um, they had this package. It was called I think it was like Bees and Coffee, where you got to hang out with them, drink some coffee, and talk all about bees. And so they shared about the hives. Um, a lot of things I didn't know. As I came with a bunch of questions like, well, what's inside the hives now? Are we going to see bees? How long does it take? And they they shared a lot of just great information. And it's just like, oh, you know, I, I was one that I never got into beekeeping or never thought about getting into beekeeping just because I thought, wow, there must be a long, a big time commitment involved. I don't want to get stung, you know, it's easier to buy it. But, you know, after hearing them talk, it's like, you know, this sounds like it could be kind of interesting. And from that, just kind of networked and met local people. And um, we actually ended up joining a beekeeping group out at the Dalham Center here in Jackson. It's a it's a nature preserve. And, you know, what's good with the group is, you know, we we you know, we got the beekeeping for dummy books and some others and did a lot of research and reading yourself. But the group is just nice to have people there that have done beekeeping for you know, 10 plus years, um, different perspectives on different things. And also, um, being part of the group, you know, they had every Sunday we had a, it turned to a zoom classes because COVID happened. Um, it was going to be in person, but, um, we had presenters come in. It was, it was all summer long. So we had people from Michigan state come give presentations, you know, Kalamazoo bee club come give presentations about different things. Um, you learn stuff throughout the year of like, okay, now's the time for, you know, your queen, what's a queen bee on? How do you get new queen bees and what can you do to, you know, select them and grow on them? And so a lot of just interesting topics, but uh, one of the best thing is just the community. It's the people love the hobby, <laughs> as you can probably tell from my passion of it, people like it. And so you get together with people and you talk about it. It's like, oh, and all of our hives were out at the Dalham Center. So we all went and checked our bees at the same time. And it's just good. Like you read the, read the books, but it's also like, hey, like, what, what am I supposed to do now? And okay, do I give them sugar water now or not? And this doesn't look right. I don't remember reading this in the book. What's going on here? And you just have people to bounce some ideas off of. So so we learned quite a bit. And so um, it's it just really fun. And so I just wanted to spread that joy and love and passion with people that are interested of like, hey, beekeeping, do I want to do that? Do I not? 
maybe through my presentation, you'll know after that. Well, and I look forward to your presentation. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of great information in there. And uh, it sounds like not only is it a great hobby, but it's a great way to build your social network as well. And again, being around like-minded people is always very, very exciting. So lots of great stuff going on. Really excited to hear about the green teams and green green con. I will be tuning in for the for the beekeeping for sure during green con. So I'll uh, have to make sure that I've got that on my calendar. Um, and we are getting close to the end of the podcast. But before we go, uh, I would just like to know, is there anything else you'd like to share? So um, Zachary, we'll start out with you. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we go? Yeah, I'd just like to, you know, talk about the green teams. You know, each of the locations have one. I'm the vice chair of the OEP green team. So um, if you have questions, you know, we, we like to be a resource, a group of like-minded individuals, like you said. Is it better to recycle or compost? You know, we, we have debates on which one's better in which situations and happy to share that. And, um, yeah, just hopefully there's a lot of resources out there. Please reach out. We're, we're all eager and happy to help everyone out. All right. Thanks, Zachary. And uh, again, uh, reach out to the green teams on the team site for more information and contact information. Uh, Bethany, what would you like to share with the audience before we go? Well, uh, would comment that one great reason to get into beekeeping would be to use all the bee puns. So that would be definitely something to to have uh, in your toolbox. Uh, but <laughs> You know, for me, uh, you know, parting words, I suppose, is, you know, the more I learn about, you know, sustainability and some of the things that we're facing as a planet, you know, whether uh, we all believe that it's happening or to what scale, uh, there's definitely something to be said for kind of what you mentioned, Bill, that, you know, on a grand scale, doing something or on a small scale, um, it can be easy to give up because it it takes a little work, but it does it does feel good, you know, to do some of the things and whether it's recycling or uh, trying to figure out a way to solve the problem. You know, sustainability isn't about uh, having like a, a more difficult life. It needs to be sustainable. We, we really need to think more on a global scale of how we can fix some of the problems. And it doesn't mean that, oh, well, we don't fish anymore, but maybe we fish more sustainably, more a smarter way where, you know, we let the population grow back or, you know, maybe we can compost at home and we can start make our garden more plentiful. Um, but those sorts of things, you know, you find uh, that you're doing good things for the planet and you find other people who are doing great things. And uh, all of that is it's kind of a win win. And that's what I see for sustainability for the most part is it's usually a win win. And that's what we're looking for. And um, we're excited to bring more of that to consumers and, you know, anybody who's willing to you know join in. It's definitely very inclusive. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate the time today, Bill. Um, looking forward to it. I'm excited. So hopefully everyone else can join in. And don't forget out there in the audience that uh, GreenCon is coming up. Also, if you're not one of our coworkers here at Consumers Energy, check with your uh, local business to see if they're doing anything around uh, sustainability and taking care of the planet. And uh, also, there's all sorts of resources available on the internet, whether it's here in Michigan or other places, just Google sustainability, and you will find a plethora of information out there. So again, thank Zachary and Bethany for being on the program today. Appreciate you taking out the time. 
Yeah, thanks, Bill. Yeah, thanks, Bill. And thank you to the audience for tuning in today. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And be sure to take a few minutes and fill out our survey to let us know how we're doing. That can be found at http colon slash slash b-i-t dot l-y slash m-e dash y-o-u dash u-s. And remember to tune in every Wednesday when we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.